Hey everyone, this is Alex Smith, and this is the Integrative Fitness Podcast. This is episode 10. In today's, pod- in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about recovery. Um, that's a pretty big subject for a lot of people in the athletic realm and also in general population. Uh, like I've stated before in previous podcasts, you're only as good as as what you're able to recover from. So it doesn't matter the amount of work you do if you're unable to recover from that amount of work. So today I'm going to talk about the recovery aspect, what you can do to improve your ability to recover from bouts of stress, exercise, and life. So I've talked to many people and they they've asked me questions like, what can I do to help out speed up my recovery? What can I do to speed up my recovery? And I've Tell them, tell them this all the time is one, eat pretty, eat pretty health, healthy. So make sure you're getting lots of fruits and vegetables. Make sure you're giving your body plenty of protein, plenty of water, so that it has the materials needed to repair damaged tissue. And next, sleep. Try to get at least seven hours of sleep at night. That's probably one of the uh, the bigger ones, especially in today's society where everyone has a phone in their hand and they're always looking at it and it kind of uh, reawakens you. Um, they've done a study on blue light that's emitted from electronic devices and it's shown that it's basically it will reawaken the body so that it keeps you up at night so that you'll see some people are like, hey, what time do you go to bed? Oh, 1 or 2 a.m. I'm like, man, why are you going to bed at 1 or 2 a.m.? I don't know, I just can't fall asleep. And you see that there's a huge market out there, especially in the supplement supplement industry, about sleep aids to help people fall asleep and get to sleep and get restful sleep as best they can. There's Z-Quil, melatonin, and many other like herbs that you can possibly take to try to help you fall asleep at night. And sleep is crucial. Um, roughly, what they say, you roughly sleep about a third of your life. So. And your body needs sleep to be able to recover. And that's the only time where your brain has the opportunity to turn off, per se. It doesn't always fully turn off, but it turns off to a point to allow for the spinal fluid to kind of like cleanse itself. And brain is able to make repairs and make neural connections that it needs to make to, in order to perform um, adequately and, at the high, and optimally as well. But if you're getting inadequate amount of sleep on a daily basis, you're not giving your, your brain, your nervous system the needed time to make repairs and to better itself. That's why a lot of times um, people, I guess, are sick or go on va- finally go on vacation and they actually get a couple of days in a row where they get to sleep in. They feel like a brand new person. It's, they're like, man, I feel amazing. Well, yeah, you're finally drinking, probably drinking enough water, and two, you finally get enough sleep so that your body can um, (laughs) repair itself (laughs) for the next day. So, I tell people the best thing you can do for recovery is one, sleep. You got to get at least seven hours of sleep, and that's all dependent upon your your sleep schedule and your sleep habits. Uh, A lot of time, you want to try to build in some routines that you have to help you get to sleep one let's say you have to wake up at six 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 o'clock in the morning so the latest you should be in bed is probably about 
945.10. And I will tell you the one around 9, 9.15, 9.20, you should really turn off your phone and even just set the alarm. So that one, <coughs> you don't have the blue light to kind of reawaken the body and that keeps you up. Now you're past 10, 10 p.m. and then it's 10.30 and then it's 11 and then it's 11.30 and you're looking at videos someone sent you or some memes that someone sent you online and you're reading that next thing you know it's 12 o'clock and oh man, I got to get some sleep. And you end up getting about six hours at on a on a good night because you've just been staying up looking at your phone or looking at television or watching Netflix and I've been guilty of that myself. Um, so to develop this, the proper sleep habit or sleep routine is once about that nine fifteen hits, it's like okay, let me set my alarm, put it off to the side, start winding down for the night. Um, if you some people drink tea, some people drink, drink a little bit of water. I'm um, laying down, just focus on breathing, trying to relax. Some people do some journaling to try to get those last thoughts of maybe tomorrow's a big day and you're trying to get those, and you're thinking a lot about what do you got to do tomorrow. Um, some people like to journal and make or make a to-do list for the next day. So this way they get those thoughts out of their mind so that they can be less anxious so that they can kind of wind everything down um meditation works very well a little five minute meditation where you just go work on your breathing working on just trying to relax release tension throughout the body to try to get yourself to kind of turn off as well those are a couple of different methods you can use to kind of help get into the routine of sleep but it really helps if you consistently do them as well. Like knowing that, hey, 9.15, start going through the routine. If you take a shower at night, take a shower, brush your teeth, clean up. Get This kind of gets your body knowing that, hey, we're about to head off to sleep. We'll start working towards getting winding down, calming everything down so that we can sleep at night. Um, other things you can do, well, things I've heard is I've seen a lot of people go and use cryotherapy to work to recover from exercise or practice and or you use it before an event to get ready for an event. And my opinion on cryotherapy is that it shouldn't be used on a regular basis. And you can hear me out on this. Now, I think there's a time and place for cryotherapy for um, the people that need it, especially like professional athletes where you have to be able to perform at a high level back to back to back to back. Cryotherapy would be ideal for them. But for general population, I don't necessarily recommend it unless you absolutely love it, then by all means, go for it. Um, There's a book. Um, great title, by the way. The book "Zebras Don't Get Ulcers," and the book is basically talks about how stress and how stress affects everything in the body. Now, in the book, in the book, one of the main themes that they put, um, try to illiterate, uh, instill in you is that stress is stress. So, either st- physical stress or mental stress will 
activate the similar, similar pathways in the body. So if you lifted weights and worked out real hard for an hour, that that stress placed upon the body. You know, cortisol goes up, adrenaline goes up, everything is firing, you're ready to go. But let's say you're really stressed out at work. You got your crunch time and you got to get this assignment or project done in a, in a short amount of time and you're stressing out about it. Well, guess what? Cortisol level goes up, adrenaline goes up, almost the same pathway as if you were exercising or running from a saber-toothed tiger from back in the day. Um, so if mental stress and physical stress um, roughly do the same same problem uh, cause the same reaction chemical reactions in the body then you also have stress from your environment so if you're out in the sun and heat that will cause stress especially if you've been there but if you're in extreme cold temperatures it's going to cause stress as well so cryotherapy is very cold temperatures put stress on the body so now you want to use something or let's say a device, we'll call it a device. That's once it's said, it's said to help you recover from a stress that has been placed upon. Let's say you ran a half marathon and then now you got to do um, another half marathon the next day. I could potentially say use cryotherapy, not for the recovery aspect, but to help make you feel like you've recovered it doesn't help with the recovery because it puts more stress on the body so if i have someone who's not really getting ready for an event and not doing i do not uh or has anything coming up in the next for a while i say hey probably want to lay off the the cryotherapy and really focus on your nutrition and getting good at you know, nutrition and get, getting your sleep in. You probably uh, get a lot more return from that than if you were to go to cryotherapy. On the flip side of that, saunas, that's another issue as well. Um, there was a study I just looked at and talk about, they took a bunch of swimmers, high level, national level swimmers, and one group just put all a placebo oil on their body, the control group, and the others did sauna baths. And then the next day, they did four 50-meter sprint, all-out, 50-meter uh, sprint in the pool, all-out effort. And they recorded their times from, like, the post-exercise, I guess, recovery methods. And the group that did the sauna after exercising or after their practice performed worse the next the following day now the times on that on the swimming for example these are high level swimmers the people who were in the sauna group performed about a, a second and a half slower than their than their usual time so I guess if you're at the top 1% or top 20% a second and a half in swimming is probably a long, pretty, a long time with the worst like I said, the worst spread was someone who was two and a half seconds slower than their usual time from using the sauna after practice. It's just, to me, it's just compound stress. You're just compounding more stress on the body that they're going to have to recover from. So if you're looking to try to make improvements or recover better from exercise, 
Uh, I think it's threefold. One, I'll say nutrition and um, sleep is probably the main thing. But you also got to make sure you're doing the optimal level of exercise. Because if you're constantly doing too much exercise, you your body won't be able to recover. And a lot of times in the beginning or if you're trying a new program that has a large amount of volume of work or you're getting back in exercise from having a, a layoff, there's your body's going to have to make a lot, a lot of recovery and adaptation. And I'm not just talking about muscle. I'm talking about bone. I'm talking about tendons and ligaments. I'm talking about the nervous system. I'm talking about the cardiovascular system. They're all going to have to make adaptations, and they're all making adaptations roughly the same time. Now, at the rate at which they all make the adaptation is going to be different. The nervous system is going to be the fastest, and it's followed by the cardiovascular system. Then it's going to be the muscles and then muscles and bone. And then the, tendon, the ligaments and tendons are going to be the slowest. That's why um, you can have someone who pretty much doesn't train, uh, didn't train at all, and still go run a marathon. The problem is the next day they'll be so broken down that they won't be able to do much of anything else. There's actually, I don't know if the documentary um, is still on Netflix. But they actually took a group of people that weren't exercising and had them train for six months to get prepared for running the, I think, Boston Marathon or New York Marathon. And there was one guy in the documentary who was a former collegiate cross-country runner. He didn't do, he did maybe four workouts over the course of the six months. And he actually, he went, ended up running the fastest time at the marathon. Now, he did have... He was the only one out of the whole group of people or the people they followed that actually did extensive running in his past. He just got away from it. But he was still able to go and run a marathon and make it, make it with the fastest time out of all the participants. Now, they didn't show the next day how his body felt or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure he was pretty broken down because all that running puts a lot of strain on the ligaments and tendons, also the bones and the, and the ankle and knees and hips. So... It, to perform exercise, the reason why a lot of people exercise is one, to pr improve performance, but it's also to help prepare the, the body for all the stress that's placed upon it and so that it doesn't get broken down from all the stress. So that's one thing you always want to keep in mind is sometimes doing, a, a, like when you're exercising, you don't want to always go to maximum effort because if you're always going to maximum, you're not going to allow your body the ability to recover and then it's just a continuous downhill uh, cycle where you just keep breaking down the body breaking down the body breaking down the body and that's why uh, there's some strength coaches that especially in the track and field realm you do all your strength training during the off season and as you get into the season you stop lifting weights altogether. your body finally recovers it doesn't it's not being broken down and a lot of them, a lot of these track sprinters or runners will actually start achieving PRs several weeks after they stop lifting because the body is actually finally recovered and like built adapted to all the former stress that's been placed upon it so uh sleep and performance they do a lot of studies with um collegiate athletes and sleep because a lot of everyone knows that collegiate athletes don't sleep like they're supposed to um, what they found is lack of sleep has been shown to sim simulate overtraining symptoms. 
So if you're dehyd like you're dehydrated, you're overtrained, it could be just a lack of sleep. Uh, they have seen increases in inflammation in the body with lack of sleep with a lot of these collegiate athletes. Um, they feel that with the increase in inflammation, that promotes a suppressed immune system. They did, that's just hypothesis. They didn't find that, but they they they're probably they're predicting that it would cause a suppressed immune system as well with lack of sleep. And also with lack of sleep, you have decrease in cognitive cognitive function as well. So the even though you may feel like you can function at with five or six hours of sleep, you really start performing at a real big deficit and you just don't realize it. I would tell you from personal hand, I just had a little boy. Um, he's five months now. And the first two months, I remember, were absolutely brutal. You're not getting any sleep. You're kind of just wandering in a in a, ha a haze constantly. And I would, I just, I remember um, about the, for after I went back to work, about the third week back into work, I could I couldn't read. <laughs> it was it, I could not retain the information from like text messages or like articles or emails. I would have to reread things three to four times just to have a just to get an understanding of what people were trying to ask of me. And I would tell my people, I was like, listen, if I answer something and it's, it sounds off, just forgive me. It's just it's hard to get back. It's just I, I don't have much sleep and my brain's not working like it's supposed to. And they would just laugh because they would ask something. I would respond like in a completely different manner that didn't make any sense. And I just like, I just, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> just, I, I can't function right now. And just, and it shows how important sleep is to the human body and that we need sleep. And they're still, I'm glad they're doing more studies on sleep and how it affects the body. And people are taking a bigger emphasis on improving their sleep and trying to get better hours and better quality of sleep because it will improve their health as well. And I'm happy that they have to have all the new devices and stuff like that. But the main thing is if you're trying to recover and improve your performance, um, nutrition and sleep is going to be what you need to focus on. You want to make sure you're drinking plenty of water you want to make sure you're supplying your body with enough nutrients so that it can rebuild itself. And then also you want to also rest and give your body time to rebuild itself as well. So make sure you're shooting for at least seven hours of sleep at night. And that will um, dramatically improve your performance. I know after a week of, after about three or four days of good consistent sleep, I feel like a brand new person. I'm able to run, jump, sprint, throw, lift heavy weights and it feels a lot better than days after sleep being sleep deprived three or four days and the bar feels real heavy <laughs> and I'm like man I just don't have it today so keep that in mind remember sleep is important drink water get your nutrients and that will boost your recovery boost your immune system make your body function like it's supposed to and that'll be it for this podcast um, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.